Get your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture Weird stick around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around The podcast that gives NRA members 10% less Brought to you by Crayola Mini Stampers Markers. Like emojis before anyone knew what emojis were, and now you can smack them on people's faces and wash them off in a machine. Yes, get in there. <laughs> Perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that they've probably teamed up with the emoji people now as well, so you can stamp a poo on someone's head. Am I right? I, I don't know. You don't. I, I figured you would be on the ball for that. I don't know. No, no. Sorry, I just take their money. You just take their money, right? Cool. <laughs> um, I don't know if I ever use those. You know, I remember them existing, and I actually saw one the other day, randomly. Well, they're back yeah, and they're but... hip and they're cool. All oh, right, cool. Crayon I've always been here. Campus markers. <laughs> awesome. Um, in terms of our the ten percent less for the NRA members. Which ten percent are we giving less? Um, at the start, at the end. Whichever is the the best bit of the podcast, so okay. Oh, cool, right? So, so the real so we, highlight. We yeah, just like you know, like <laughs> we, we get the like quality it. meter going, and uh, the computer makes an assessment over which part of the podcast, which ten percent is the best bit, and then it just randomly subtracts it, so it makes the rest oh, of it excellent. meaningless. Um, it's usually at some point where myself or Dave or Cable or Josh or Michael is talking. Um. <laughs> <laughs> See where you went there. All those, <laughs> the gaps in between people's words. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's very much like jazz. This podcast, the best bits actually happen in between the reviews. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the dead air. <laughs> yeah, it gives a real dynamic. You know, we're all about dynamics. We don't just fill it with talking shite. That's that's only ninety percent of it, um, <laughs> right? Okay. If you just loop that last convenient. thirty seconds for ten minutes, we've got a podcast <laughs> <laughs> done. Uh, right, we're here for episode twenty-four TV. I've got that wrong around TV episode twenty-four. Uh, I'm here with TV experts Alex Wayne, yo, and David Peeling. Kanichiwa. <laughs> that reminds me of my. Uh, I've got one of those weird penguins that talks in your fridge. I think I might have mentioned that before. <laughs> what? Um, You've definitely well. not mentioned that before. <laughs> it's not not a live penguin. I'm not cruel. Uh, but it's, yeah, Bet got me it for my birthday and it just sort of, um, or Christmas, I can't remember. Basically, whenever you open the fridge, it says something in Japanese, which I'm assuming is stuff like, shut the door, it's too hot. But I don't know, because it's all in there. But one of them is Kanichiwa, which I know. <laughs> what, if it's, Great, what, if it's, what if it's shouting, get your hands off the blue top milk, you fat pig? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it might be. If there's any Japanese listeners, let me know. I'll record it for the next uh, pod and you can tell me what it says. <laughs> it's it's awesome. It makes me laugh every time we open the fridge. Brilliant. Um, so have we been watching a lot of TV? I've actually watched a little bit more than average, so some. Um, I would say actually slightly less. Well, not less, just less new content. Um, it seems that most of the big releases um, don't get going at this point in the year, or at least from my perspective. Um, so I've been using this time to catch up on things like The Crown, um, Dark on Netflix, um, ver- various other shows. Um, but no, not that much new, although I do have one that's relatively new. Cool. Dave? Um I've I found myself over the last year I've not I've been watching less and less of the kind of big um kind of box sets, dramatic box sets. Um but I've definitely been watching bits and pieces and I've got stuff to talk to you about today. Ah, cool. Exciting. Um let let's start down in uh, in London with you, Dave. In that London. See what you've got for us. In as a as Michael likes to call it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so I'm going to be talking about this country. Um, it's a mockumentary sitcom first broadcast uh, on um, BBC iPlayer as part of I think as part of BBC Three. 
it first the first series came out in February of 2017. Uh, I saw it a couple of months back, and um, the second series is due out in the next week or two. It's uh, written and stars uh, brother and sister Daisy May Cooper and Charlie Cooper, and it's about the lives of the lives of two young uh, two adolescents who are kind of stuck in the the small Cotswolds village that they grew up in whilst all their friends have already left um and it's about how they've never never really grown up and about what they get up to on a uh, yeah in a in their quite boring life in the in the show they play cousins Kerry and Kurt and Mucklow and um the each episode it it plays a lot on and it's very similar in style to things like like uh like the office and uh, and people just do nothing and things like that it's it's some sometimes it's a little bit cliche but i think what it does quite well is it stays on the right side of that cliche and it, it knows that it's not original or new and it kind of plays on those kind of riffs a little bit um the two the two Writers and star performers absolutely steal every single scene. They are um, extremely funny. They're definitely characters that you can kind of recognise. We've, we've all probably got a friend who never really left, never really grew up after school. They're probably even one of the cooler kids, and now they're still playing exactly the same kind of person. And it kind of it kind of plays on that. Um, Kerry, for example, is in her mid twenties. It's not really ever def- defined. Um, but to kind of maintain her status, she has she has groomed a a gang of um, year seven boys who follow her around and treat her like a cult leader um, as they set up a den in the local uh, in the local tip. There's each episode is quite uh, is quite slow. It's quite it, it's quite simple in its style. It, it uses uh, intertitles to kind of introduce ideas and give you the give you the sense that it is a bit of a mockument it is a bit of a documentary so for example it will start off an episode with something uh, with, with some kind of stat um something along the lines of you know one in three young people growing up in a in a village will never earn more than twenty thousand pounds in their life a year or something like that and and then it will t- then that, that will kind of introduce the rest of the show and it gives you this kind of grounding in kind of a documentary style but um it's really um it's really excessively funny i have had to pause and rewatch scenes because i find myself absolutely snorting out of my nose the relationship <laughs> between um between kerry in particular and her mother who you never see on screen because she's always bedbound upstairs screaming kerry down the stairs to get her to go and do something or bring something up the stairs is uh, is particularly brilliant the the kind of foil in it is um is the parish vicar who kind of runs the kind of youth centre of at which they are seem to be the only people who attend, and um, constantly he's constantly frustrated by the 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 amount of swearing that they do and the things that they um, the things that they get up to. So it's it's really quite simple and straightforward. It's not no, it, it's it's not highbrow by any means. But what it is is it, it's very very well done, and most importantly with a with a comedy, it's extremely funny. So um, yeah, that's this country. As I say, I think it was a BBC Three thing, or maybe it was just a straight to iPlayer thing. I'm not sure. And um, a second series is due out in next week, I think. I've not heard of this. This sounds really interesting. Um, so I've just looked it up. It did say it did sound like it was just straight to iPlayer. Is it? I'm assuming if it's British, there's like six or eight episodes in this season. Yeah, exactly. So six half hour, twenty eight minute okay. episodes. It's BBC. Cool. Um, and yeah, it's part. It's one of the one of the earlier um, entries into the kind of B- BBC Three after it got taken off the TV type thing. So it's still kind of demonstrating that they do have some. They are still innovating comedies through that through that system, but you know, in a slightly different way than it was doing when it was on TV. Cool. I think I'll have to check this out. Al, have you heard of this? Or uh, no, I haven't. Ha- hasn't even crossed my radar. Um, sounds pretty good, though. Um, sounds up my street as well. Um, how did you come across this, Dave? Well, Hannah introduced it to me, and I'm, I'm not sure how she got introduced to it before, but she is currently an audience researcher at BBC Three. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So that, but that I'm, I'm sure you I receive no money. I don't get any discount on my TV <laughs> licence because... I don't pay it anyway. 
Um, <laughs> I, I think we watched this before she started her job there, but anyway, that's it's something that she's working on at the minute. But it um, it kind of just got put onto iPlayer with almost no promotion whatsoever. Um, mm. It got absolutely rave reviews. Well, it's got it got um, yeah, it got absolutely sterling reviews. Um, Stuart Heritage from the Guardian described it as a perfectly observed comedy. Um, Reader's Digest called it an increasingly cherishable mockumentary. Um, <laughs> and I, I am nothing if entirely influenced by the opinions of the writers in Reader's Digest. Well, who isn't? Who isn't? Clearly. But, but it managed, yeah. it, despite having no money put behind its promotion, or at least certainly so little that I never noticed it, it, it still had over 4 million views on iPlayer. Um, Oh, so, cool. so they renewed, renewed it for this second series out in a few weeks. But um, yeah. given it's on iPlayer, I'm pretty sure the first series is still there. Yeah, that's I'll definitely be checking that, this out. That's one thing I've been confused about with iPlayer: how long their own content seems to stay on there. Because I was under the impression they were doing kind of box sets now, and they are. Um, but things, their own content doesn't seem to stay on there very long. Uh, for instance, I was quite interested in watching the last season of Line of Duty, and it's not there anymore. Yeah, it was. Mm. Yeah, I think it's something seems to be to do with like if it's on one of the BBC One or BBC Two, then it disappears. Whereas I'm assuming this, because it was straight to iPlay, would stay on there for longer. But yeah. <laughs> I'm right. Yeah, I think I think I think basically that their own content that is big enough that they can sell it, they don't keep mm. on iPlay the whole time, and that's part yeah. of how they can maximise the money that they can get for selling it abroad or to Netflix. But um, right. they did put a lot. Of, they did put loads of box sets on uh, over Christmas. Um, so they they introduced reintroduced things that had been out over the previous uh, ten years or, or something like that. And they took their big um, their, their big series and put them on for about three or four weeks over the Christmas period. And they did say in their in their press release that it was kind of direct competition against Netflix because they'd noticed obviously over the last two or three years that those big marquee slots that they used to have over the Christmas period and the and on New Year's Day and things like that had been shrinking quite quickly and they put that down to uh, acts, you know, programs on demand. So I know Wolf Hall, for example, was back up over Christmas. Um, uh, War and Peace, I think, was as well. Uh, that other the Le Carre thing, I can't remember the name of it now. Um, uh, from from a couple of years ago, the uh, Night Manager, the Night Manager, yeah, and yeah. and Line of Duty and uh, Last Tango in Halifax, things like that. But they all were only for the for the holidays, basically. Mm, okay. Interesting. Um, right, Al, what have you got for us? Uh, well, I've actually got a another British show to talk about, which is quite unusual for me. I tend because I tend not to watch that much um, straight broadcast TV. I tend to miss the best British content unless I have it recommended by other people. Uh, predictably, this is one that did end up on Netflix, which is why I'm talking about it. Uh, it's called The End of the Fucking World, which technically came out in this country last year. It was in October, but it debuted on Netflix or internationally. Um, in January. Um, before I get into this, has anybody else seen this at all? I've seen it on the <laughs> on the thing, and I've been intrigued to watch it. And uh, me and Cable were going to watch it at some point, but I haven't got around to it yet. No, is this Channel Four? Am I right? I think that. Yeah, so it's, chan- it's Channel Four. Uh, Channel Four creation. It's hmm. a. I don't know how you describe it. It's a kind of a. It's a comic book adaptation. It's a dark uh, sort of comedy drama, sort of based around two teenagers who basically go off the reservation, one of whom is a self-diagnosed psychopath who was just waiting for a chance to murder the other one, and the other one uh, has a clear personality disorder and is just looking to get away from the world. Um, they all come in really easy to digest, 25-minute episodes, which is refreshingly tight for a shows of this kind of nature. And uh, it kind of explores what it means to be a young person in this country, albeit with some uh, ridiculous sequences, um, clearly influenced by a lot of a lot of things. Um, things come to mind, especially things like Thelma and Louise, um, all kinds of road movies from America, and it's just just really, really funny, really, really well observed as well. And the performances by Jessica Barden and Alex Lothar as the two um, teenagers. Uh, protagonists are absolutely superb they're both 
at the same time intensely irritating and likable, <laughs> which is what you know what a teenage character should be for me. And um, if I like a teenage character too much, I'm thinking, well, that's not well observed. Teenagers <laughs> are an in- inherently contradictory uh, set of people. Um, but I was really entertained by this. It was funny. It was dark just when it needed to be, uh, without going, uh, without you know, changing the whole direction of the narrative, um, and it had me hooked. It's one of the rare shows I've binge watched. Probably helps that they were twenty five minute episode, uh, twenty five minute long episodes, but I really enjoyed this from start to finish. Uh, it's yeah. based on a graphic novel by somebody called Charles Forsman. As I said, it is a it's a joint production between Netflix and Channel Four. And it has all the hallmarkings of a Channel 4 show. So, for instance, you've got a mixture of people from different areas of the country all seemingly converging in one town, which, while admirably you know, representative, sometimes is a little bit jarring. That would be my only criticism. Um, for instance, they have the classic Channel 4 young person character of the mouthy, tell-it-like-it-is northerner who um, <laughs> basically swears all the time but has a heart of gold. That's the... Played by Jess Alyssa, played by Jessica Barden. Uh, minor criticism there, but I really, really enjoyed this in general. I know J- Josh Keefley is a fan as well. Indeed, um, yeah, I want to watch this. I've actually watched another Channel Four to Netflix thing, um, Lovesick with Beck. I don't know if you've heard oh, of yeah. that. Oh yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't watched it yet. Now, uh, which we're we're on season three and we're enjoying it. It's good. It's that's about um, the main guy's called Dylan and he's played by musician, like folk musician Johnny Flynn. Um, who I think supported Mumford and Fun's sons back in the day because uh, Beck knew him, um, and he he basically it's about his he's got chlamydia and he's having to meet back up with all the people he's had sex with because of uh, to tell them the fact that he's got chlamydia. But it kind of links into lots of different. It kind of tells how his relationship started and ended and things. And yeah, it's really good. It's, it's funny and it's in my opinion okay. similar has similar vibes to fresh meat but in my opinion it's better this um, it sounds like a more overtly sexual version of what's that one high fidelity where he's going um where john cusack's going through his old relationships to see what went wrong and what went right does it okay i suppose there's, yeah there's links to that yeah definitely i mean it isn't actually that despite the premise sounding overtly sexual the program isn't in particular i wouldn't say right okay uh, <laughs> it, but um yeah it's good it's fun the the main characters have kind of a good chemistry i think that's what carries it and it kind of keeps going like back in time and things link together and the more you've watched the, the more things make sense but yeah i'm enjoying it good entertainment it's not you know mind-blowing in any way but it's a uh, definitely good entertainment and like mm. i say i think it has a bit more it's more solid more consistent than fresh meat i think fresh meat had some up and downs and <laughs> some bits were great and other bits i think because there's maybe a few too many main characters was my problem with it but yeah I mean, dave did you have any interest in the end of, i mean have you heard of the end of the fucking world uh, i i think i have I'm not sure. You said it and I thought, oh, I have heard of that. And now I'm not sure if I've just immediately decided to think that because I heard you say it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is quite an, you know, it's a, it's a title that stands out, especially because, I mean, the official title is The End of the F Star 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 ING World. And it does stand out on Netflix as kind of when you're looking through shows on Netflix. Um, I think, I mean, are you have you not seen this because it's direct competition to BBC Three? Is that why? Are you company man sticking with Hannah? It could be that, but of course, Channel 4 do receive quite a large amount of... Well, entirely funded by the... Not entirely funded. They're a publicly owned. Pay for it with your licence fee. Which we've already established you don't pay, though, so... Not not in so many pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm kind of repeating myself a little bit here, but the the main thing that impressed me about this was how it was an accurate portrayal of teenagers. Um, that is hard to do, I think, yeah. It is. I mean, I know some people really didn't like um, Alyssa, played by Jessica Barden, because mm-hmm. she is sometimes so absurdly irritating because she just does whatever comes to mind. But I think that is an accurate portrayal, and I think... I feel like I've met her before, or people like her. And um, Alex Lawther, who I can't work out what I've seen him in, because I, I recognise him, but 
that's it. Sorry, he's from Black Mirror as well. He, the, the Shut Up and Dance episode. Uh, where he's being forced to do things by somebody over the internet. Do you remember that episode? Mm, I've not seen that one. But. Right, okay. Um, he's also superb in this. Um, I don't have a huge amount more to say. I mean, it's as far as I'm aware, it's going to be a one-season-only thing. I was just about to ask that. <laughs> that feels... I mean, I might be wrong there, um, but that feels right. Um, cool. I, know th- I mean, there is a bit of a cliffhanger on the end, uh, which I won't go into too much, and I could see how it might make... A, a good sequel series, but um, I'd be happy if this one was left alone because it was just really good fun. Cool. Um, it's weird because um, the Lovesick that I've been watching, it's got three seasons, but they all seem to have come out on tw- in 2018 onto Netflix. And I don't because it says 2018 next to each of them, but I don't know whether it's been on Channel Four for ages or if they've they're all on Netflix, but they're going to do them over the next three years on Channel Four. I don't quite get it. <laughs> uh. What's going on there? But. It's a bit odd. So that's why I was going to ask about this one, but this one is just one season. Yeah, at least so far. I mean, um, I'm just quickly scouring the internet and I can't see any evidence that they've started making a second season if they have. But I understand it's been pretty popular for them. Cool. Okay, cool. Right, uh, let's go back to Dave. I know you've got a second one for us, Dave. What is it? So the second one I've got for us this time is Inside Number 9. I've I've mentioned Inside Number 9 before. It has been... It had another run uh, this year, starting on the 2nd of January, and it's a dark anthology uh, TV series produced again by the BBC. First aired in 2014, this series was the fourth series. Uh, written by and starring in every episode, Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton, most famously as uh, two parts of um, the League of Gentlemen, among lots of other things. It's inspired a lot by their previous project, Psychoville, which they filmed in a single room, but that was a that was a quite a big multi-part uh, mystery. This tells a different story uh, each each episode. They're all entirely self-contained. Each is only half an hour long, as we've discussed before, and basically each is recorded and filmed in one room or building, and all of them have the theme of being related to the number nine. Um, the uh, this series, as I say, started in January. There were six episodes. The first series, first episode, was uh, Zanzibar, set on floor nine of a hotel, and was entirely told in iambic pentameter. Bernie Clifton's dressing room was absolutely my favourite um, episode of the series. It was a, a, a darkly, uh, deeply touching m- meeting of a former 70s early 80s uh, comedy double act and uh, they were re- they're reunited for for one last gig despite their lives having changed an, uh, an awful lot in the intervening 40 years there are uh, a number of other ones this this series and they all used some they all had some interesting some particularly interesting feature one was a uh, a country set in a country farmhouse and the entire thing was shot in reverse chronology so you saw the last scene first and it was five minutes long and then before the next scene started it said 20 minutes before that and then you went you you kept on skipping back and i I need i want to go watch it again but try and see if i can't do it in in order because it's it's fascinating the 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 episodes vary between fairly slapstick but mainly are very dark Lots of them are much more verging on on horror or thriller than than comedy. It is it's in the number it's in the kind of nine pm slot on BBC One though, so you know it's never going to be too uh, gory or anything like that. But there are some very very there's some storylines are very disturbing indeed. I've, I've talked about previous episodes before, in particular Twelve Days of Christine from series two in twenty fifteen is just unremittingly sad. Uh, last year, last season, at the end of twenty sixteen, and and through into the spring of twenty seventeen, uh, series three, the Riddle of the Sphinx was a spectacularly clever episode that 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 revolved around. Um, someone who sets cryptic crosswords known as the Sphinx. Each and every one of these episodes is spectacular. Uh, each episode, as I say, features Shearsmith and Pemberton 
sometimes they are the two main characters and they're basically all you see on the screen. Sometimes they play relatively bit parts. Sometimes one carries it and the other one is a cameo or vice versa. But they feature an all-star guest cast. Uh, series 4 featured um, Rory Kinnear, um, Sean Gibson, Amelia Fox, uh, Rufus Jones, uh, Zoe Wanamaker. Th- there's uh, been Philip Glenister, um, Felicity Kendall, Peter Kay. Um, th- there are loads and loads of different people that are in every se- every single episode has a has a uh, has someone new in it. It's it owes a lot, I think, to things like Black Mirror and. I'm not suggesting that Shearsmith and Pemberton ripped Black Mirror off, but I can definitely see that they probably were able to have this commissioned thanks to Black Mirror's success. If you're if you like League of Gentlemen or Psychoville, you're you definitely definitely appreciate this type of this type of comedy. Although I think that this isn't this is certainly not laughter track sketch based comedy. This is more like short storytelling. It's that they are not dissimilar to Black Mirror in that they are often, uh, as I say, quite quite dark. But the fact they are thirty minutes means that they they never feel too they never feel especially overly heavy. They're not quite as epic in their in their feel, but that's not to say that they they don't have brilliant ideas in each and every one, and they are absolutely worth watching. This sounds really really cool and kind of wacky, which I like. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I think I said this last time you talked about it, but um, I'm really sold on it. I just need to push myself over the line for this one to be next, I think. I'm watching through a series that I'm going to talk about next, but I think I might put Inside Number 9 as my next to watch. Well, the, the beauty of it is that you don't need to put it up as a you know a series to watch. E- each episode is individual. You know, you don't have to dedicate mm. lots of time to it. You can, you know, there is absolutely no connection between any of the episodes. There's never a callback. Um, there's been 24 of them now, each just under half an hour. But you can equally go just watch one from the first series and follow it up with something that's just come out. It doesn't. It really doesn't matter. Cool. I've heard a lot of people saying this is the best one yet, and it's getting better and better. Better and better. So, I feel like I need to start watching it. I think it's probably the most consistent of of of, of mm. the lot. I think my favourite. If I had to put together a top three episodes. They might come from. They might have all come from previous series, right? But, sure. But then I also would say that the, the some of the the weaker, perhaps weak is probably a bit too much. But some of, some of the less interesting ones to me, or the ones I didn't quite enjoy as much as the others, they probably came from earlier ones as well. So this this was consistently. This was very very consistent. They've definitely absolutely found their writing groove on this. You know, they, they've they've got some really succinct, clever ideas, and they can tell them in a really hard-hitting format in a very quick way yeah it's great great tv so i know you've said it isn't pure uh comedy it isn't pure horror um because i I love a good stat if you were to um kind of give me a percentage that it is comedy percentage that is horror and percentage that it is other what would you say (laughs) wow okay if i can tweak it from horror to thriller sure then i would say that it's probably something like on a on a series level, something yeah. around twenty three to seventy four with a with a three percent other. Um, okay, but there will be some episodes that are. I th- there are probably some episodes that are a hundred percent other, in, uh, and there are some that are fairly fairly classic kind of comedy stories. So they they are from start to finish just. It's it's a it's a short almost you know it's a comedy short but there are some that are like are just heartbreaking and sad and there's no comedy in it whatsoever and they, and they're almost unremittingly bleak but that doesn't mean they're not beautiful in their own you know in, in, in because of it. Cool, <clears throat> it sounds really good. It was I I mean I'd heard stuff about it but not I didn't realise it was like self-contained each episode that makes me more more intrigued about it so. I think I'll be checking this one out. If I had to give you, I'm gonna if I give you three, if you can find them to start off with, I think series four. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I th- I'll jot these down. I'm not sure if they are still on iPlayer or not. I'm guessing 
not, but that doesn't mean you can't watch them. So I think, um, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a, oh, there are quite a few. There's, there's three on there at the minute. It, uh, La Couchette from Series 2 is actually one that I was going to recommend to you. It's on iPlayer at the moment. Um, cool. And then also, the uh, that that's based in a sleeping carriage on a French sleeper train, and it's a bit of a... Uh, a bit of a murder farce. Uh, the Riddle of the Sphinx is <laughs> the good. one that I mentioned before. It's a ba- it's a it's a it's a mystery set around a guy who sets cryptic crosswords. The the Twelve Days of Christine. Her her life is it, it's about it's Christine is played by Sheridan Smith and she meets a man at a New Year's party and her life begins to unravel around her as 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 little things start to seem out of place and it kind of progresses through the years of her life. And also um, the trial of Elizabeth Gadge, um, set in the 17th century. It's about two witch finder generals who are going to put uh, this this witch on on trial, and it's it, yeah, uh, and she'll be burnt if she's if she's found guilty. And it's it's set in a courtroom as all these 17th century villagers try and try and get her burnt. It's yeah, there, there's some absolutely yeah. I start off with those ones. Um, I think they. Awesome. I think, I think they, have a little, they have a little range of the types of things that you'll see. Some are some are sad. Mm. Some are very funny. Some are some are thrillers. Anyway. Ah, oh, cool. Awesome. Some good stuff this episode. I'm excited. <laughs> um, Al, did you say you had another one you were going to talk about? I was going to start doing uh, better segues, but I've been I've let myself down. <laughs> right. Okay. So That's fuck a good it. segue. Uh, yeah. So I'm just going to talk about this one briefly because I haven't finished it yet. Um, so, the only other brand new show I've been watching um, since we last did an episode, or at least a new episode, is Dark, which is a Netflix original series. Uh, it's a German language program. Uh, it's set in the fictional town of Winden. How can I put this? It's a Germanic Stranger Things, but darker, uh, with twists, with a slight. Has anyone seen the film Primer? No, I've not heard of it, I don't think. But anyway, no. with, with time travel elements, uh, so it's kind of a dark thriller series uh, when children start to go missing in this town of Winden. It starts off, if you're watching it um, in Netflix UK anyway, dubbed into American basically, which makes it nearly unwatchable. But as long as you put it back to original German and have subtitles, um, it's very enjoyable. So I know some people have negatively compared this with Stranger Things, but I, while there are obvious comparisons especially because a lot of it revolves in the 80s. Um, I don't think this does directly compare. Um, it's certainly darker in tone without with less sort of, uh, comic relief and um, more kind of more philo- philosophical musings, shall we say, rather than just pure nostalgia blast that uh, Strange Things has. Um, I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, obviously, a show like this is going to depend on how it ends and, you know, all these strings are they going to tie up at the end? Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I mean, uh, have you? Has anyone heard of this or got it on their list? I've not, no. But with it being German, I'm quite intrigued. Uh, well, yeah, of course you wouldn't even have to put the subtitles on, which would be nice. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I've been watching Three Percent, which I'll mention quickly before, which did the same thing. It started and it had a British dub, and I was like, oh no, please no. And uh, luckily, you could change it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really don't agree with dubs. I mean, I don't mind it in animations because I think it doesn't. It's not as obvious. Like in anime, Japanese animes, it's not as obvious because the mouths aren't exactly. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's not as clear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Whereas it started, fine. and I was like, ugh, <laughs> I couldn't handle it. Even though I've actually grown up with, because um, obviously I grew up in Switzerland, my dad watched stuff in German, and the, everything on German TV is dubbed into German. It's not subtitled, uh, so I've kind of grown up with having things dubbed into German and watching it uh, but ugh, it's still not my preferred way of doing it <laughs> so quite often it'll be something dubbed into German and I'll be like oh, well, I just want to watch the original English because I'll actually understand it better but, <laughs> but well, yeah, that'll um, be selfish yeah I mean dark is as per the title suggesting very dark in nature um, as I said it seems to have elements of kind of, of the supernatural elements of time travel elements of kind of your classic child disappearance kind of um, plot line. And I'm not exactly sure what to think of it yet, but I am enjoying it and I am intrigued. Um, it hasn't bored me yet and it hasn't lost me. Um, mm-hmm. While I don't know what's going on yet, I don't feel like I'm not following it. And 
I am intrigued to see more. As I said, I know it got mixed critical reception, but I'm enjoying it a lot more than uh, critics have so far. Um, I think perhaps the problem is that it has been compared to Stranger Things, which, as I said, to me, is different despite you know some similar, I would say superficial similarities. Uh, right. This is yeah, this is this is only the I think this is only the second um, foreign language TV show I've watched really. Uh, watch plenty of foreign language films, obviously, but we don't tend to get that much access to the really high quality foreign imports in terms of TV. Um, Do you think I'm it not, might be becoming more of a thing? I think it's becoming more of a thing, largely thanks to. I, I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. There's been series like Borgen and The Killing on mm. BBC, um, yeah. so it, they're not they're not brand new. But I, I do feel like mm. there's been a lot a higher influx of them recently, thanks to. Places like Netflix, Amazon Prime, because they are reaching an international market, therefore they can more easily market the high-quality foreign language content to the rest of the world, really. Um, But yeah, anyway, I'm really enjoying this. Um, I'm beginning to feel, I don't know German at all, but it's weird when you're watching something like this, I'll I'll understand almost what they're saying without having fully read the subtitles. And I wonder if I'm like a baby suddenly developing language skills just by watching. <laughs> well, that is a way that um, people yeah, learn. Usually when they come to countries, they uh, just have that TV on in the background and stuff. And you, I think you do just naturally pick stuff up. So it is a good way to learn. In addition to doing some other stuff, I don't think you could ever probably <laughs> yeah, I don't think completely I'm learn gonna, something. I'm but, not going to become fluent with it. But, uh, yeah, but I think you learn more than you think. And definitely with understanding, anyway. Yeah, you, on the, on that you just you just uh, inspired me to look up. Um, I don't know if you remember me talking a couple of years ago about Deutschland eighty three. I yes. do, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was that was on Channel Four, and again that was part of Channel Four 4's, um Do you call it Walter Presents something like that? That was all inspired by all the Scandi Noir stuff that the BBC had kind of stolen a march on in this country, and they deliberately went out and looked for foreign. TV that they could import and and subtitle, and um, Deutschland eighty three I absolutely loved. Um, came out in January twenty sixteen, and they've just wrapped on filming Deutschland eighty six. It's it's sequel, which is supposed to be coming out later later on this year. So hopefully Channel Four have the or someone free to air in this country anyway um, gets gets picks that back up because the first series was absolutely spectacular. Cool, um, yeah, and. I've actually got. I've been watching Three Percent, like I say, which is also foreign language. Obviously, it's from Brazil. I don't. Did, Al, did you ever talk about this? I can't um, remember if you had or if it was just like a mention. Um, honestly, I'm not sure. I feel like I may have done. I'm not sure I've finished it at the time. I was a big fan anyway. I'll let you get on with your review. But I was a big. fan. Well, I haven't really got a review. I'm just gonna. But as we've got a bit of time, I thought. I'd, uh, so yeah, it's basically about Three Percent. It's set in. I assume it's set in Brazil, but it's not particularly obvious. Uh, <laughs> They three percent in this futuristic. Uh, it's a sci-fi thing. That three percent of the the sort of top three percent get put onto what's called the offshore, and everyone else lives in uh, the rest of the world. And there's essentially a process that they have to go through to decide these three percent. And when I first went into it, I expected it to be more about the difference between the offshore and uh, the you know the mainland, as it were, where ninety seven percent live. But it's much more. It's pretty much entirely just about the process, which initially I was a bit disappointed with. But actually, I began to like more and more the more I watched because I liked it had the it had a more you know more of a focus to it, and I thought it was excellent. I loved all the main characters. I thought uh, the main actress in particular was really good. I don't know what else she's been in, but and. I thought it covered some really interesting topics, you know, like people getting through the... Some people being, you know, quite humanitarian and looking after each other and others being a bit more in it for themselves and trying to get to the last. And um, there's some sort of mystery elements to it as well where you don't quite understand. And it's not... I like the way that, without spoiling anything, it ends... It doesn't really explain everything and you don't really ever get to see what the offshore is like. I don't think that's a spoiler, but... (laughs) And I kind of like that. Um, do you know if there's any plans for any more of this, Al? I was going to ask. Uh, or... I'm n- not that I'm aware of. There might well be, though. Um, I'm only not aware because no one's told me. Um, I would have imagined we'd have heard about it by now. But um, Yeah. You you would have thought it would have been very popular in Brazil. Um, yeah, but, you'd imagine so. I and I could see it. I mean, I think the scope for 
it's one of those things I'm more than happy for it to be left where it is. But actually, it's rare for me to say that I think it could do. You know, second season will be interesting because oh, there's definitely see. scope for it. Definitely scope. For yeah, because it. it didn't cover a lot of things. It was very. But I, I kind of like that about it. A lot of it was mysterious. I thought it was. Um, I think I enjoyed it the first six episodes more than I did the last two. There was a few things that um, I didn't think worked brilliantly um, and put me off a little bit. But I thought overall it was fantastic, and I really loved the whole idea of it. And I thought, like I say, all the main performances were great. I think it was. Um, I was thought it was great that there was a, a main character in a wheelchair. I thought that was fantastic, and not something you see very often. Um, and I thought that was handled really well. Um, and yeah, I thought it was really really good so i'd recommend it it's on it's on netflix and just make sure you change it from the dub to the well if the dub doesn't annoy you fair enough but <laughs> but you can change it to the original portuguese which i was very thankful for <laughs> yeah like I, I don't know why you wouldn't i mean i know some people get funny about subtitles but um i've never understood that um it just feels so out of sync and um, a little bit um uncanny valley when i'm watching um, a dub over the top of people who clearly aren't speaking those words. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is weird. And it just, it, it, I feel like I'm in some kind of ethereal haze dream where I'm not sure what anything is, and like I've woken <laughs> from a ten-year hibernation or something like that. It's not good. It's not a nice feeling. I really disagree with wow. it strongly. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because you don't actually, because obviously, if it's if something's really visual and you spend your entire time reading subtitles, it's quite. It can be quite a shame, um, but I, I totally agree. And I don't think this is something where it is very visual, but also there's not constant talking. Um, I think quite often in Japanese animes, I quite like watching the dubbed version if it's good, because a it doesn't it's totally less distracting because you can just believe that that, that they're speaking English because you know the mouths don't line up perfectly with what they're actually saying, um, and also it means I can actually look at the visuals rather than just reading the bottom of the screen and missing all this you know breathtaking animation. Um, Particularly because a lot of Japanese animes do tend to be quite talky. <laughs> so, yeah. So for that, I think I think it's fine. But yeah, I've never been able to watch like a live action and not find it distracting since I was grown up. I couldn't do it now. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, there is there is a lot of prestige telly just waiting to start this year. It feels like Westworld is back soon. Okay. Uh, Game of Thrones. We're going to have to wait a whole other year for. You'll be pleased to know. Uh, <laughs> I've got some time to catch up. I'm still oh. on series six. Uh, official release date of um, April 2019, apparently. Um, better be good if you're going to take that long. Um, and I feel I feel like at the minute we don't have a huge influx of high quality TV. But I'm waiting for it to come back. Um, I was quite interested in starting uh, that show that's been heavily advertised, Britannia, um, but I've heard mixed things about it, which is. Looked like it was some attempt by Sky to make a British Game of Thrones, mm. um, right? But but I, I haven't seen it. I don't know if it was any good or okay. not. But um, I think that's really the only sort of big money release so far this year. I've not heard of that one actually. So interesting, Dave. Have you got anything uh, that you're excited for this year or in the coming months? Perhaps excited is a bit much, but the the second half of um, the Tick is now on Amazon. I watched the first half. Um, in the autumn of last year, uh, I can't remember if I spoke about it before. It's um, I don't Amazon, think you have. What's that about? Am- Am- Amazon Prime superhero uh, show starring Peter Serafinowicz as um, as the Tick, who is a he's, he's a superhero, but who is um, obviously not quite uh not quite right this he's uh, i've not got to the end of the series and i don't know anything about the character i think i think he's he's been on, it's had tv adaptations before a long time ago i don't know too much about it but there's some kind of uh his he's obviously otherworldly but he doesn't really know quite what's going on but it's it's absolutely daft and it's something of a kind of pastiche of of other superhero tv programs stars jackie earl haley as the um as the bad guy as well um, they showed the first six or eight episodes back in September, I think. And then in a, in a decision that absolutely I still do not understand, they held the second half of the series, even though it was made, they held the second half of the series until February to, quote, yeah. stop people binge-watching it. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Which, to me, I thought was Amazon Prime's raison d'etre, but there you go. 
Yeah, that is I mean, strange. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of binge watching. Generally, I like I, I don't mind watching two at a time, but I feel like I need to let them dig, you know, digest a little bit. Yeah, uh, I feel like I don't really appreciate something enough if I just blast through it. But yeah, it's in- interesting that they've taken that stance against it, uh, considering the format they're showing the show on as well. Yeah, uh, in, and it was particularly odd to me because even if you'd watched one episode a week, if you if you held yourself to that, you'd have still had a three month gap before the second half of the same series came out. So yeah, I've not, I've not quite followed the decision making there. But anyway, that second half is now out, so now I need to go back and watch some of the first half because I can't really remember it. And then uh, <laughs> so it's not really worked yet. <laughs> and then uh, then I watched the the second part of that. I'm not sure yeah. what else is coming. I'm not. I've not really kept in touch with the rest of it. I'm not really sure what else is coming out this year. I've still got loads to catch up on, though. So cool. Yeah, I mean, there is. There's just so much, isn't there? When you turn on Netflix and stuff, it's like ugh, ludicrous. Yeah, obviously, especially for me because I've watched barely anything. So <laughs> I don't know where to start off the time. But yeah, I am getting a bit more into it though. I feel like so I'm starting to. I did, enjoyed three percent, and I feel like I could put something else on. Has anyone watched? Um, McMafia. Uh, I haven't. No, it, I, I don't know why, but the, it didn't appeal to me that much on paper. I know a few people have said good things about it, though. Have you? No, I've not. Uh, I, was, I was kind of interested to see if anyone had, because I know it was supposed to be the next Night Manager, and one of the appeals, one of, one of the interesting things about the Night Manager was that it was quite slow and brooding and built up over a, a series. Um, but then I've heard that quite a lot of the criticism levelled at this is that it was way too slow and nothing ever happened. So I was, mm. um, I was just interested to see if anyone ever did. I never, I never started it. It didn't quite. I didn't really get what it was to start off with, and then the reviews started coming in, and it did not change my mind. So, right, excellent. I, I do have non-TV related. I've got a bit of a Stockton update for you. I know you're Ooh. all keen on latest. I love Stockton a Stockton news. update. Is the uh, high street got wider? Oh, funny you should mention that. No, but, um, <laughs> oh. but it is in relation to that. Yes. I um, I went to see Stockton Town uh, FC, the semi-pro football club, play in the quarter-final of the FA Vars, which they won 2-0, by the way. Um, right. To Probably the best football chant I've ever heard. So <laughs> I apologise for the standard of my chanting, but I'll go for it anyway. <laughs> um, it's wider than yours. It's wider than yours, Stockton High Street. It's wider than yours. <laughs> Just that is genius. Also, that is they, they were playing uh, the town of Windsor as well. Another one I was a big fan of was "You can stick your world of shoes up your ass." You can stick your world of shoes up your ass. <laughs> genius. You don't get that in the Premier League. You don't get that in the Championship. You've only got to go to grassroots football. <laughs> to get those good chants yeah <laughs> that reminded me of one that I heard the other day it went um, oh when the fuck is plug time when the fuck is plug time oh when the fuck is plug time when the fuck is plug time funny you should ask Dave because it's now plug time is now hang on let me just um, oh this is so good this is you know this is this, notice I've got more professional I've, you know I've got a thing up this is award-winning podcastery. This, yeah, uh, this has been a bit should be, that people should don't be. listen to. This will be the ten percent that gets cut because it's going to absolutely blow your mind. Get in contact with the show. Stickaroundpodcast.gmail.com. Stickaroundpodcast.com/slash/contact. There's a form on the website. You can get in contact with us on there, as you might expect from the. Uh, the slug of that page uh, stick around podcast for dot com just for articles or click on latest episodes you can get any episode that we've done you can also get any episode that we've done on your podcast apps just search for stick around which you've probably already done but uh, if you're watching if you're playing this off the website like you're in the stone age do that <laughs> it's more more practical you know you can walk around with it really good uh, it's the future. At Stickaroundcast on Twitter, slash Stickaroundpodcast on Facebook, Stickaroundpodcast on Instagram. Um, we've got a Just Giving page, which oh, I haven't added it to the thing here, look, so I'm fucked. If it's not written down, useless. Search Stickaround on Just Giving, it'll come up, and you can donate some money in our name to Shelter. Remember to tick the old gift aid thing if you pay tax. If, like me, you avoid all tax and put it all in offshore Swiss bank accounts, then... I'm afraid you can't take that, but... Yeah, no need. Um, yeah, 
that's it. Plugged. Wow. Uh, we'll be back next for is it music? It is music? I think. Uh, I believe so. I think it is music. Yeah. Funny we should mention that because uh, I've been doing uh, February album writing month. So head on to my Twitter at the Idle Owl if you want to listen to some very hastily recorded music. <laughs> uh, I'm on twelve at the minute. I've got how many days left? Three to do another two, and then I've met the challenge. Got to do fourteen songs in twenty eight days. It's intense, but fun. Wow. Yeah. So. Good stuff so far. Um, some. It's interesting. This, it's been an array of stuff. <laughs> Experimental. Are you? I mean, what is the most genre bending song? Uh, genre bending song you're going to do, Clive? Is it um, you're going to do something really experimental? I've done one called Co-op Game, which people don't really know what to deal with. Uh, <laughs> which is, it's not that. I wouldn't say it's that genre bending. It's just a bit. I'll do about three different vocal styles in it, which confuse people. But um, <laughs> it's also one of my favourites. I like it. Initially, I didn't like it. I thought I might need to take that down or change or sing it in a sensible manner. But now I kind of like it. Um, it's ukulele. It's actually based on the ukulele riff that I play my kids to tidy up the classroom. So. What they've got a specific riff to tidy. I've got up the riffs classroom. for everything. Yeah, I've got riffs for be quiet. It's just to minimise the actual amount of talking I have to do. Right. There's, so you're like you're, you're like that teacher. <laughs> you're like that teacher I saw who learnt a secret handshake for every one of his class, except you've got a little, you know, <laughs> little jingle for everything you're doing. Yeah, I've uh, got a little jingle for various things. It's great because people come and observe me, and they're just like, "What's going on?" <laughs> this guy <laughs> do is a little jingle, and everyone insane. shuts up, and then do a little jingle, everyone starts tidying up. It's brilliant. Great fun. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, well, we'll see you all next time for music. And then after that, um, film keeps rolling on. Back round to films. Yeah, we're, we've so far done one a week this uh, year, so let's see if we can keep it going. And, uh, yeah. 52 in a year. Wow. It'd be amazing. Absolutely cool. mad. Um, yeah, thanks for coming, uh, Alex Wayne. Been a pleasure to have you. Uh, been a pleasure to be here. Thanks for hosting. Um, no worries. And thanks, Dave Peeling, for coming. Thank you for having me. No worries, you've been uh, excellent as always. No thanks to James Cable, who dropped out at the last minute, and you know. I've heard, I've heard he's getting Mike. his he's getting his uh, colon bleached from what I heard. I mean, that's not what he told me, but what he told me wasn't very believable. So, right. <laughs> so um, you could be right. <laughs> anyway, stick around. Stick around. Thank you all for listening Rest assured that you have found The best podcast in the universe It's Stick around